We are absolutely stoked to be coming at you live here on one of the premier college radio stations in the nation. Happy Wednesday, John. How's it going so far? It's going pretty good. A little busy Wednesday, but I'm excited to talk some sports, talk some uh, non-revenue sports. What we got on the docket for today, we're going to talk a little bit NBA because, as I'm sure you've heard, there was a huge trade last hear that. night. Yeah, huge trade. Huge trade. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Might talk some Panthers. Got a preseason game coming up at the Jaguars. Talk some men's basketball and some football, too. We got stuff going on in NC State sports, those non-revenue sports, because we are really good. In fact, we're really good at swimming. And going on right now is the, the World University Games right now. We got six Wolfpack swimmers representing four for the U.S. of A. and one for Canada, our next-door neighbor. So, John, what's been going on with these, what's it, the fourth day of the World University Games? It's kind of an, uh, every two years it happens, kind of like an Olympics, like just a world championship for university athletes. So what's been going on the first four days with these uh, Wolfpack swimmers? Well, just today, our swimmer Hannah Moore won bronze in the 1500 freestyle, which is huge. That's huge. a, that's I mean, a long way. 1,500 meters, is that near a mile? That's It's exactly a mile. It's honestly one of the toughest events to swim because it requires lots of extra training, lots of extra time in the pool. So just the fact that we have, we got swimmers winning or winning medals in distance events and sprint events. And uh, let's see, we have Ryan Held, the Olympian Olympic gold medal winner for the U.S. in the relay. Our pride and joy. <laughs> He's a senior this year. He's in the 100 meter final tomorrow. Is that right? Uh, the 100-meter freestyle finals coming up, and that's a big event. It's one of the quickest events. If, for those of you who don't watch swimming, it takes under a minute most of the time. If it if you don't take under a minute, there, you're probably not going to win. So that race can be won or lost by like one one-hundredth of a second, things like that. Yeah, actually like 0.1 of a second is actually a long way. That's a few feet in a race like that fast. By the way, oh yeah, Hannah Moore's like 1,500 time was like 16 minutes. I can't imagine swimming a mile in 16 minutes. It's an incredible pace because when you when you swim a mile, that's 1,500 meters. So that's two lengths of a 50-meter pool if that's what uh, they're swimming in. So that's averaging just a little bit over a minute per 100, which is an inc- absolutely incredible pace, especially if you're going for a mile. Yeah, to honestly. keep that up for sure. And really she is. won bronze. There were some other medal winners earlier in the previous days. We had Justin Ress won silver in the 50-meter backstroke mm-hmm. for the U.S. of A, America. And <laughs> Canadian Alexia, her last name, I can't. You know what? She's a great swimmer for NC State, and she won a silver medal earlier. Alexia Zevnik is the name that I was drawing a blank That's on. That's right, yeah. Seeing Alexia you here for Zevnik. NC State. Other swimmers swimming in the World University Games are like Brian Hell, Justin Rest, Kayla Bronbaum, and Hannah Moore. And for Canada, there's Alexia Zevnik and Mackenzie Glover. For And the, all of those are seniors except for Rest is a junior right. already winning silver medals on the world stage. Uh, Ryan Hell's the captain of USA Swimming. and for At the, at the collegiate level, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Justin Rest is really one of the rising stars in international swimming. And just the fact that he's a junior, he's still got... One more year of full eligibility. He was on the winning team at these at these international games, the university games. Our four by one hundred men's team uh, won the gold medal at these games. Yeah, at these games. Didn't they also win the NCAA championship this last year in that race? Actually, no. That's a different relay. Our four by two hundred 
set an NCAA record last yeah. year. You can see in that the up four in, by two hundred relay on the board up in Carmichael Gym. There's all these NCAA and ACC records and right. NC State records over there on your left hand as you're coming into the Aquatic Center, and a lot of those records belong to NC State swimmers. We finished fourth nationally last year. The men's swimming and the women's swimming, I think, finished seventh, and I think the women's just won a ACC championship. For the first time in a while, and the men's have won three straight. So we have a really good swimming program. Just want to recognize those athletes busting their tails out there every single day. I think swimming is one of those sports that doesn't get the recognition that it deserves, except for every four years at the Olympics. Because swimming is one of the sports where if you miss a day of practice, it's like missing three days of running. Or really? three days of bat. It really is. You really have to be dedicated to swimming. And you, you, you swam in high school. Yeah, I swam for one year in high school. I swam from the uh, from elementary school all through middle school. So even me just swimming four days a week, it's really tough. And these guys really have tough. to do this every day. Pools open at 6 a.m. I, I lifeguard there. I was there this morning. I've been going wide open since 5 a.m. We're ready to go. But those swimmers are there a lot over the summer, even over the summer, like where most students get their oh, break. Yeah. They're in there putting the hours. I've, I've watched Justin and Ryan swim. Like they just come in by themselves sometimes and swim. It's it's amazing the work ethic these athletes have, and they just don't get that recognition until now on Packets Life Sports. By the way, I forgot to mention this. Follow us on Twitter at Packets Life NCSU. You can also hit us up. We are keeping an eye on that. And if you have anything to say or any thoughts on what we're talking about, coming up this week, what's on the calendar this week here on NC State? Some events that students can go to here, John. Well, on Thursday, August 24th, we have a women's soccer game hosting Coastal Carolina. And our women's soccer team is 2-0 right now. 2-0? Yes. Nationally ranked, we took a we- they took a West Coast trip, beat Oregon 4-1, to and Portland 1-0. to So, And we're getting yeah. some national recognition, I think, ranked number 21 in the primary. Uh, there's a couple of polls, and there, there's a poll, the primary one, we're ranked 21. And we had a player, uh, Ciara King, got nationally recognized. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, she had... Two assists and one goal in the win against Oregon. And she had eight goals last year leading the team on a team that went to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. So I did, I did not know that. Yeah, we have our women's soccer team has a really bright future, especially this year. High expectations. They're amazing. They could they could go really far. This yeah, year. we really started excited. out uh, preseason 25 and after one week and two wins, get those W's down. We're up to 21. We could shoot right up those rankings because that happens in the beginning of the season. So again, Thursday, August 24th, that's tomorrow, 7 p.m. on Dale Soccer Field on NC State's campus. Free for students. Students, walk up, show your ID, free for students. Come support our awesome women's soccer. It's right off there, off of Moral Drive, off of Western. Obviously, I don't think admission would be too expensive for any fans that want to come out and show some love for our Lady Pack soccer players who are really, really good. All right, and we have men's soccer is in action. Our men's soccer team is 1-0 right now. Our next home game is against Florida Atlantic on Friday at 7 p.m. Once again, free for students. Come show your ID. Come support the pack. Same Any, place. Anytime. Any, yeah, same place. Same place. Uh, the Wolfpack, we were down one nothing at halftime against uh, UConn, which is a, they're a nationally ranked team. Number ranked 24, number 24, I believe. Yeah. yeah, and scored four straight goals in the second half. To come back, man. So when I see that four to one score, I'm just like, wow, we just really beat up on a team. But when you see that we were trailing one nil at halftime, and that's what us soccer aficionados say, we say nil. I'm just joking. I <laughs> I can't stand when people say that. Just a pet peeve oh of mine. God. One down, one nothing. Like that halftime, that had to have been amazing to come out and just drop four on Connecticut there to win there. 
against a nationally ranked team. But again, that's Friday at 7 p.m. And Dale Soccer Field is across from Reynolds Coliseum, which also has some stuff going on this week in women's volleyball. Our women's volleyball team plays number eight, Kansas, on Friday at 5.30 and Saturday at 7. So if you want to go to the volleyball game on Friday at 5.30 and then the men's soccer game at 7 on Friday, then you could do that. That's, that's still out. pretty early in the evening. you got time for plenty of other things after that. Yeah, it's not going to take up your whole Friday. Come support the pack. But our women's volleyball team, Julia Brown, she was first team all ACC last year. Nice. Yeah, and she is a senior this year. So this is a big year in terms of expectations. Get a big early season test against number eight, Kansas. Top 10 team. That's going to be hype. That's going to be really hype. If you haven't gone to a volleyball game, I highly recommend it. Reynolds Coliseum is amazing. It gets so loud in there. So loud. So loud. Come support the pack. The renovations are, I wasn't in it before it got renovated. So I couldn't, I guess, fully appreciate, but I just went in there for a gymnastics meet last year. It was just really awesome. If you haven't been there, you have to go. And they're also playing Saturday at 3.30. That's right. They're playing Missouri State. And then again at 7 p.m., they're hosting Kansas. So apparently I'm not fully knowledgeable about volleyball. I don't claim to be. So apparently it's kind of like baseball. You do these double headers or I guess you're not running around. So I guess that's why they can play the games. Yeah, they have many series with uh, three or four teams at a time. So like one team will host and then you'll play all the teams that come. So that's why Fantastic. That sounds like a really good time. Back to uh, NC State football, we have offensive lineman Tony Adams, pro football focus, rated him as the second best pass blocker in the ACC. And that's what I like to see. I like to see when they say pass blocker in particular, because when they say someone's a good blocker, I don't know enough about football to sit here and look at offensive linemen and grade them. I really have to largely rely on some experts, if you will, analysis. But when you say pass blocker, second best in the ACC, I'm really liking what I'm hearing there, John. I am too. As we've seen in the NFL, the left tackle, offensive linemen, they're getting paid more and more as the game progresses. We call that the Lawrence Taylor rule because... uh, (laughs) Uh, I see that. I get it. Yeah. If you've ever seen the blind side, you know what I'm talking about. But the left tackle usually protects the blind side of a quarterback who's a righty. Ryan Finley's a righty. We need good pass blockers. This is a huge boost for NC State to have that, to give our quarterback time to throw because uh, offensive linemen are often the unsung heroes of the football team. Yeah, you only hear about them when they mess up royally. Exactly, exactly. They do their work in the trenches and then they make one false start a game and everyone's like, oh man, he really you do your job. It's yeah, like, you, you block the guy for 60 plays or however many <laughs> plays and you let him buy once right in the fourth quarter it's and really, he strip well, sacks your it's quarterback. It's really one of the most unselfish positions in sport. And it's one of the most important, too. The game is won and lost in the trenches. Yeah, you see a lot of that with the Panthers not having an amazing offensive line Mm. except for that one year, which was an amazing year, I might add. But, you know, we're coming back. We're coming back. Speaking of NC State football players here, we have some players trying to make some rosters in the NFL. So we're going to make this a weekly segment, checking up on our guys from Pac football, what they're doing in the NFL. Obviously, you know about Russell Wilson. We talked a little bit about him last week. Mike Glennon got a lot of money from Chicago. Man should be charged with larceny. I mean, (laughs) I love NC State, but that was like $12 million a year or something like that, although it was one year. So Chicago got Glennon for that one year, and then they went and drafted from that school down the road, and they got a quarterback there who's doing pretty good against second stringers, but Mike Glennon. And uh, who else we got here trying to make some rosters here from the NC State football? Well, I do want to talk a little bit more about Glennon because I think think Mike Glennon, he did well in Tampa Bay when he got his chance to start, but the reason that they took Jameis Winston is not for the failures of Mike Glennon, but more for the upside of Jameis Winston. So 
I really think that there's a quarterback battle going on in Chicago right now between an NC State quarterback and a UNC quarterback. The rivalry never ends, man. I love Mike Glennon, but my, my gut tells me to go with Trubisky. I, yeah, I probably would go with Trubisky as well. It was cool when Mike Glennon and Russell Wilson were here, and we had like the tallest and the shortest quarterback probably like ever in just the history of mankind. <laughs> I've heard Glennon mentioned anywhere from six six to six eight, but you know, you, you give him a couple extra inches with the neck there. Once you get six, over eight. six five, it doesn't matter anymore. Oh yeah, that's true. You're taller <laughs> than all the offensive linemen. But speaking of the draft, you know, Matt Days was drafted. He's in the NFL now. He's oh, on the yeah. Cleveland Browns. Twenty nine running backs were taken. In front of Matt Days, who <laughs> NC State fans know this this man did everything for us. Matt Days remind is going to be one of the sleepers of this draft. We saw how he could run between the tackles last year, but it wasn't just his numbers, like his amount of touchdowns. Or I mean, he had a thousand yard season, which in college is very impressive. Yeah, because you only play like twelve games, twelve thirteen games. Exactly, you play a lot less games in the NFL. And you get less carries because there's more play, playmakers on a team. When you have like Jalen Samuels, Braylon Cherries, guys like that, they're going to get the ball. So considering what Matt Days did with the opportunities that he had at State, I don't see why he was taken so late. Now, he is on the Cleveland Browns. That, that's always a help making a roster there. I, I have no doubts that he's going to make the roster there. Really? You're that I, confident I, about it? I am that confident. I think I think he might even play in some games this year honestly I really believe that when you have a team as bad and I'm gonna put it nicely they're bad uh, as the Cleveland Browns then they're gonna give players a chance to shine like we see Deshaun Kaiser is gonna get the start in their third preseason oh yeah game. I saw that earlier today yeah yeah but I, I really think Matt Days is gonna prove his worth in training camp in these preseason games if he doesn't make the Browns team I have no doubts that another NFL team will pick him up I really like him as a player some other NC State players Jacoby Prissett is obviously he's still on New England. He's not going anywhere. I was really hoping. Why would he? <laughs> I was really hoping Garoppolo would get traded so Brissett could be the backup there. And when Tom Brady gets suspended again for something like dropping a pen, you know, we can like probably put Brissett in there starting. Uh, Braylon Cherry, for those of you listening, didn't know he's on the Atlanta Falcons right now. Had one reception for 17 yards last week, trying to make a team. Punt returner, speedster, about what he did for us here at NC State. Braylon Cherry reminds me a lot of T.J. Graham, who is a classic fan favorite. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about him a little bit later. Yeah, too. yeah. But he's that. He's got really explosive uh, ability, like you said. He's punt returner. He's more of a deep threat. So I feel like he could make the Falcons roster because he may fit their uh, their style. Yeah, a what lot. they want in a receiver. Yeah, exactly. They're looking for guys that Matt Ryan can find down the field because they got they got good tight ends. They got good pass catching running backs, or they have good um but i think cherry i think is a really like if it were if it weren't atlanta i'd be a lot more confident about him making that team but atlanta i mean you got julio jones you got like you have julio jones you even need another receiver i mean the answer to that of course yes but they also have zay jones from ecu oh yeah i saw that and justin hardy too justin hardy fbs record receiver you know former walk-on i love his story just didn't get but he got one scholarship offer or it wasn't even scholarship offer ruffin mcneil gave him a shot he sets their record for receptions which didn't did zay jones break that it's i think he did ecu receivers have a knack for catching balls when it's meaningless like when they go three and nine oh throw in shade okay they go three and nine and they they beat nc state off some missed field goals and think they're better than us but well they're not first of all yeah well i I have a lot of respect for justin hardy and zay jones they're both uh, tremendous receivers so that might make it difficult for 
Braylon Cherry to make the team in Atlanta. But honestly, I don't see how a team couldn't use his efforts. Yeah, he was a hard worker here at NC State, and he'll probably make another team too, like you talked about with Matt Days. Uh, we have uh, defensively T.Y. McGill. T.Y. McGill is pl- is on the Colts. I don't know how well he's doing, or because there's not a lot of stats for that. The fourth preseason game is when you're going to see all these guys. In fact, there's a couple of former uh, Wolfpackers on Jacksonville playing Carolina tomorrow night at 7:30. Uh, Audi Cole and um, David Greenwich, a tight end who I really liked here at State. Good size, great red zone threat. I think Greenwich might be able to make that team. Of course, it's Jacksonville. Justin Burris uh, also is on the Jets. Man, another bad team. I'm just looking at this list, and there are so many bad teams that we're on. Like, wow, just NC State continuing. Well, bad teams have to get talent somewhere, and oh, we're better to get talent wow. from North Carolina kudos, State Kudos, John, kudos. I love it. Yeah, I want to go back to TJ Graham because he's actually trying to earn a roster spot on the Panthers. Oh, yeah. Which is, of course, our local team and my personal favorite team. But I think... Um, T.J. Graham, my favorite memory of T.J. Graham, I was a a 15-year-old kid, and I was opposite the student section, and I remember uh, he was returning to punt, and the whole student section just started chanting, T.J. Graham, T.J. Graham, going side to side like they're taking the alma mater. I think he returned the punt to like the the 16-yard line, but it's just one of the most electrifying and fun-to-watch players that I've ever seen in college football. I really hope he can make it. Yeah, he was he was drafted in the third round a lot higher than what most people thought he'd be because he, was, he, he just had one route. He had the go route and punt returning. <laughs> and he's actually going by, he's going by Trevor, his given name here with the yep. Panthers. I guess, you know, Corey Brown did that early, like before we uh, finally managed to get him off the team. He was Philly Brown. He's like, all right, it's a new, it's Corey Brown. And then he, like, dropped passes in the Super Bowl. But he's going by Trevor Graham. Hopefully he'll make the team. Always love to see that NC State alum showing up in the NFL. There's also other players in the NFL, but that's not they're, – they're safely on teams. And we're going to make this a weekly segment. We're going to keep you updated on what these former Wolfback players do. Coming up next, we're going to talk some national sports stories, some Panthers and Jaguars, Thursday night football. We're going to hear John's thoughts on will Cam Newton play if he does – how does that affect the season? If he doesn't, how does that affect season? And that thing we mentioned at the beginning of the show, the NBA trade rumors, yeah, there was a thing that happened the other night. Pack is Life Sports Show will be back. Pack is Life Sports Show. John, you have a little bit of trivia for us here. Yeah, as part of our weekly program, we're going to be asking some NC State sports trivia that hopefully you'll know because you're good NC State fans and you won't need Google. To Real look fans it up. don't need Google. Real fans don't need Google. They know this question. So our trivia question for this week, which we'll answer at the end of the show, what year did Jim Valvano become NC State's head coach, our legendary coach, Jim Valvano? I really, like, it's, it, I know most fans would say this, but, like, it is unfortunate that we could not have him coach longer. I mean, I think we'd the be NCAA right The NCAA really messed up our program. And <laughs> I'm going to, that's going to be a theme on this show, me throwing shade on the NCAA. But the it. NCAA messed up our program. Let's not get started on that. Our trivia question, when, what year did Jim Valvano become NC State's head coach? You can uh, wait till the end of the show to see our answer, or you can shoot us a response at Pack His, Pack His Life NCSU on Twitter. Probably going to make an Instagram a little bit later and might even be a Facebook page. All that tech stuff. I need to get up to date. I'm from the country. I don't, I'm not really up to date with that stuff. Speaking of men's basketball, Dennis Smith Jr. was drafted by the Dallas Mavericks number 9 overall. Tremendous athlete. We watched him at NC State. Super exciting. And there was a 
little telling information from his peers earlier this week. Yeah, um, among the rookies that were drafted, Dennis Smith was voted most likely to win Rookie of the Year. By his peers. By his peers. Voted most athletic and second best steal of the draft behind Donovan Mitchell from Louisville. But, I mean, personally, I think he's the steal of the draft. Agreed. I don't understand how he was drafted ninth. I really don't. Part of it, I think, is NC State. Had he been going to another school in North Carolina or one in Kentucky, then they would have been like, ooh, look at this name brand on the jersey, and we'll just draft this guy super high, even though these, well, cert, certain school down the road, those players don't tend to pan out sometimes. Although Kentucky players have done pretty well in the NBA, but had he been going to Kentucky or Kansas or, or some perennial powerhouse in air quotes where they just steal all the best recruits with their the rings that they have, the very recent ones. I think I think it's really interesting how um, I feel like Dennis Smith Jr. was judged for his injury history because he tore his ACL in Didn't high play school. his senior year Didn't in high school. Didn't play his senior year in high school. And he had a terrific comeback season, but I feel like a lot of times when evaluating NBA talent, um, NBA general managers and owners, they try to steer clear of that, which, I mean, I feel like I really thought the Knicks were going to take him with the eighth pick. They fro- yeah. They took Frank uh, Tilakina from France, who's a good prospect, but I just don't understand why you wouldn't take a team with that great of a need at point guard with Dennis Smith available at the eighth pick. I really don't understand why they didn't take him. I mean, just for context there, the Knicks, everyone was really upset when they took Kristaps Porzingis, that famous video of that kid crying. Because, I mean, we don't know these like, these guys coming over from Europe. We have no idea about them. Yeah. We just hear about them right before the draft, and then we're going to have a pick, a take, whether it's a good pick or not. You really don't know. I also agree with you. I think Dennis Smith should have been taken higher, and I think both of our opinions are completely unbiased. Oh, yeah, no <laughs> no disrespect to Frank Tilakina or anybody that was drafted Hope ahead he's a of great Dennis player. Smith. Yeah, but, I mean, you look at Jonathan Isaac from Florida State. People were comparing him to Kevin Durant and, like, just because of his frame. And I, I don't really like player comparisons. I really like to look at what have you done. Yeah, because it doesn't have you, – you're not relevant to other players. You play yourself. They're not playing for you. Yeah, and what Dennis Smith did in, in college, single-handedly beat Duke, scored 30 points multiple times, threw down... Triple-double. Ridiculous dunks, had a triple-double. I was at in, that game. Against Virginia row. Tech. Oh, man. that The game against Virginia Tech was when we knew that the legend was real, the legend of Dennis Smith Jr. It was so magical. It was just <laughs> it was just this magic in the building. I'm, I'm fanboying out here. I but thought we were going to win the ACC after that night. That's how great of a night I, it was. I did, too. I mean, the crowd was livid with Maverick Rowan for grabbing a rebound away from Dennis Smith when he had <laughs> nine, like a bunch of stuff we can't say on the FCC. It's like, man, he's also one of our players, too, guys. But it was when he got that triple-double with a few minutes remaining, it was just magical. And I think he's going to be a fantastic player for the Dallas Mavericks. And but the 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 I'm one get his jersey I just I cannot wait to get his jersey. <laughs> the the one thing about that is like uh, Rick Carlisle, the coach for the Mavericks. The rookies don't usually get a lot of like playing time for him. Like he's never had a rookie make an all rookie team until Yogi uh, Yogi Berra. Yogi Ferrell. Yogi Ferrell. <laughs> not Ron the great, Yogi. Not the great Yankees catcher. <laughs> Ron Yogi. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Last year, he made the all-rookie team as an undrafted guy, and right. he's probably going to be Dennis Smith Jr.'s right. backup, which was also surprising. Like he, uh, Farrell had a great year last year, and then they went and took Dennis Smith. You know, I like taking the best player available, and obviously they took the best player available. Speaking of NC State basketball, C.J. Williams, former Wolfpacker, seemed like he was here for a very long time, I think 2008 to 2012. He was named to the 
AmeriCup national team. And the AmeriCup is like an event. It happens every two years. It's between all the countries in America. And so to have, see it represented by NC State, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, national representation at a FIBA event. And now it's it's not the Olympics where you got LeBron James, Chris Paul representing. The if they United decide States. to come play in the Olympics, yeah, <laughs> but still uh, representing the USA and NC State at the same time—that's a big deal. So. America, man, America. But tomorrow night, Carolina Panthers, the Battle of the Cats, hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Which aren't they the same animal technically? Like in the wild, isn't isn't a panther just a black jaguar? And. To my knowledge, uh, yes. I think so. Other than our uniforms are the best in the NFL. Panthers are more beautiful. Yes. Jaguars are more... Yeah, Panthers are more beautiful. The Jaguars' (laughs) uniforms are just terrible. Like, that's why they're a bad team. Like, when you, as a player, (laughs) when you put on that uniform, that can't be good. Like, it's it's the color, the the scheme. I honestly don't dislike their uniforms Oh, my goodness. It's um, terrible. It's the worst. Every time the Panthers play the Jaguars, I always think of how um, we're going to get that W. That's that's. I think of how we're going to get the win, but I also think <laughs> of how we were uh, two expansion teams and we were brought into the league at basically the same time. Of course, there's that uh, storied year 1996 where we went to the NFC Championship with Kerry Collins and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. the Jaguars went with Mark Brunel, and that was like less than three years into both of those franchises. Um, existence yeah that's unprecedented so i always associate these two franchises for that that early year of success but since then the jaguars have not been doing they made the playoffs i think a few years back with david gerard former ecu gerard yeah gerard Mm -hmm. gif or jif yeah (laughs) well the jaguars have a couple of former nc state uh nc state players uh david greenwich the tight end and audi cole the linebacker Audi Coles, I'm assuming, is a he's an NFL player. He's he's probably going to make that roster. David Greenwich is what his second year in the league. You th- what do you think his chances are of making that roster on Jacksonville? They just acquired Julius Thomas at tight end. A lot of money for him last year. I think um, I think David Greenwich will make the team. I think um, behind Julius Thomas, there's not really a lot of depth at tight end. Yeah, true. So I think um, if given the chance, he'll continue to shine and just uh, show that he's worthy of a roster spot. Now, and Audi Cole will make the team. This yeah. this is a couple of intriguing uh, matchups coming up in this, this game Thursday night at 7 p.m. on Panthers TV, which is on ABC 11, I think, locally. I think it's on some cable, but Panthers TV always has those preseason games. And if you're a student, I'm, I don't pay for cable. I don't have, like, money laying around, so I just watch broadcast television. There's a couple of things. Uh, will Cam Newton play? And... If he does play, he participated in drills um, earlier this week for the first time since the beginning of training camp. So will he play? And if you were general manager or coach, Coach Rivera, what, what, what's, this, what's going into your decision to play Cam Newton or not this game? Well, it's actually official now. Uh, the Panthers staff announced that he will be making his preseason debut on nice. Thursday. Nice. Uh, David Newton of ESPN reported that. Um, he's been throwing more in back-to-back practices, and they've just been... It's not that Cam is injured right now. They're just bringing him back slowly from surgery, which I think is really smart considering <laughs> Absolutely. The, the amount of uh, physical abuse that he went through last year. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't get me started on that. It was yeah. just open season the first first game of the year. But I, I'm not I'm not expecting more than uh, maybe a drive or two. A couple um, series. Maybe yeah. when he scores a touchdown, they'll, they'll let him sit. Maybe. If. if. Yeah. I mean, it is preseason. We're going to be rusty. If there's a 12-play drive... 
where we score a touchdown on the first drive. I think that might be all that we see of Cam Newton. So how, how do you think he meshes with uh, Christian McCaffrey? Oh, I think these two are perfect together because, for one, they're two of the most versatile players at their position. Cam Newton, obviously, big dual threat quarterback, six foot five. He can run with the best of them. He can throw with the best of them. Amen. Preach. And Christian McCaffrey, on the other hand, uh, he's gained weight and muscle, as we talked about last week, over the offseason from college. Had a nice touchdown versus the Titans, too. That was beautiful. He went untouched. He's also one of the faster running backs in our league that I really feel like is underappreciated because of his height sometimes and because of his patience as yeah, he uh, yeah. runs between the tackles. But Speaking of McCaffrey, he was the second running back taken in this year's draft. There was the first running back taken, right. Leonard Fournette, by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. Now, earlier this preseason, Fournette, uh, after his first preseason game, said most players come out and they're like, man, the NFL was so fast. It's so fast. The skill of these players is just amazing. Fournette comes out and he's like, yeah, uh, it was slower than advertised, and honestly, I got my yards pretty easily. And it was like nine carries for 31 yards. Like, great job, man. A little over three yards a carry. Like, that looks fantastic, by the way. But I'm thinking that you put Captain America there in the middle and TD coming around the edge with Shaq attack around the other edge. I'm not thinking these yards are coming easy for Mr. Fournette here against the Carolina Panthers. You know, I'm not really sure how, um, how it's going to play out necessarily in a preseason game, but I don't think Fournette's comments are anything too unrealistic. you got to give me something to get excited about, John. i got to be able to take something and write it on that whiteboard and, like, He's not going to get easy yards against us. Preseason is nothing to ever get excited about. Oh, my about. The goodness. The only thing to get excited about in preseason is when your star players don't get hurt. Oh, I am so excited about that, too, that the Panthers star players, uh, Brenton Burson, speaking of star players, was... <laughs> that was... Okay, that was... Speaking of star players. <laughs> I actually really like him. There's so many Panthers fans. I think it's even, like, something among the Panthers community, like, when are we going to cut... Brenton Burson, but I really like him as a player, you know, a Wofford guy. That's really cool. He's probably going to make the roster again this year. So we got the McCaffrey-Fournette matchup that we're going to look at tonight. Most of the starters are going to play, like, those three quarters of the four of the four quarters in the preseason game, a dress rehearsal. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to be working until 8.30, so I'm probably going to miss any, any uh, time Cam Newton gets. But yeah. something I saw... Um, I'm honestly, to be honest with you, I saw what McCaffrey can do last week. As a football fan, I'm really interested to see how Fournette does against our front seven because we got Kawan Short, Starla Tulele, Luke Keekley, all those guys. Julius got, Peppers, man. We have man. a very deep front seven. Our secondary is where it's weak, but if we can hold Fournette to under 50 yards or, I mean, if he has a good game. I'm just interested to see that as a football fan. It's an, it's a unique matchup. Well, again, I'm looking forward to watching that game. That's tomorrow night at 7.30 on ABC 11 on Panthers TV. That's local broadcast television. Uh, final thing, we're, we've been teasing this the whole time, and uh, something happened in the NBA uh, last night, something big, a mega deal, if you will. So uh, for, for, those, for anyone that's been living under a rock, what, what happened last night in the NBA, John? Well, as you may know, Kyrie Irving, the point guard, former point guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers, ah, yes. surprised many when he asked to be traded from the Cavaliers. He asked to be traded to specifically uh, four teams, the Spurs, the Heat, the Timberwolves, or the Knicks, which honestly did not really make sense to me. He said that he wanted to be the number one player on the team. I really don't know what was going through his head. Personally, 
if he wants to be the best player on the team, then obviously leaving LeBron is a good thing because you're not going to be the alpha dog with LeBron James on your team. But three straight finals, you're leaving three straight finals and probably three straight more. Although there is the aspect of, of LeBron leaving Cleveland after this season. There's also the aspect of if they want to, if they keep LeBron in free agency, how much is Kyrie Irving going to be able to be paid when his contract's up? So what did the Celtics have to give up to get a player like Kyrie Irving? So the Celtics gave up way more than I think they should have. They gave up Isaiah Thomas, who... Point guard for point guard. Yeah, he was the second leading scorer in the NBA last year at five foot nine, scored 29 points a game, and led the NBA in fourth quarter points per game, averaging double digits in the fourth quarter. So this guy is a winner. He's not just a scorer. He's a winner. They also gave up Jay Crowder, a good defensive stop. Yeah, really honestly, underrated. I like that part of the deal. The only reason I like that part of the deal for Cleveland, the only reason I can see Boston giving him up is so that they can have an excuse to play Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown more. They're yeah. too young. They're most recent draft picks. Yeah, really promising players for them. And then most importantly that I think a lot of fans skipped on was the 2018 Brooklyn Nets unprotected pick, which... Why, why is unprotected been, important like uh, to the fan out there? Well, an, a protected pick means that if it falls within a certain spot, like it could be a lottery protected pick, then you won't get it. So if the Cavs trade, traded, just for example... If the Cavs traded a lottery-protected pick to the Phoenix Suns, then if the Cavs' pick was a lottery pick, it would stay with them. But if it was, if the Cavs made the playoffs, then uh, the Phoenix Suns would take their draft. And that, that's pretty common to see in the NBA, but Brooklyn's pick that they got with that Paul Pierce-Kevin Garnett deal a couple of years back where Brooklyn, you know, mortgaged the future, that's an unprotected, likely top-five pick. That's one of the most valuable assets you can have, especially in this upcoming draft. If Brooklyn has a season like they had last season where they end up with the number one pick, then the Cavaliers could be looking at, even if they lose LeBron James in the offseason, a very bright future with Isaiah Thomas. They'd be able to sign him if they lost LeBron to a max contract, and they could draft either Marvin Bagley, who just committed to Duke, or Michael Porter, the top prospect in the country who is going to be playing at Missouri this year. So honestly, that unprotected pick is more valuable to me than Jay Crowder and almost as valuable as Isaiah Thomas in terms of the Cavaliers' future. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gathering you would uh, declare the Cavaliers an early winner in this trade. Yeah, that's it. I would say the Cavs won this trade. It's a little early to say that because... That's up? why I'm pressing you for it. I want an opinion <laughs> that we can just say, I told you so later, and then when you're wrong, I'll just point it out, like all good people do. Okay, yeah, I, I will say then that the Cavs won this trade. They did. Straight up. I don't understand why the Celtics gave up this much. Everyone always praises Danny Ainge for being a great GM. Outside of uh, getting those Nets, those Brooklyn Nets unprotected picks, I don't understand what he has done. He passed on Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball to take a small forward at a place where they already had a lot of depth. And then they trade one of their small forwards away i don't know they didn't really pass because uh uh Fultz and ball were taken first and second and they had the first pick and oh they yeah traded that's right back. they said my bad they, were, they said they were going to take the player that they would have taken at number one I, i'm tired of danny age he's one of the um the most overrated arrogant and overconfident gms i've ever seen in my in my humble opinion i like the animosity there and speaking of that these teams open the season against each other oh, on October seventeenth. So so that's going to be super exciting. Coming up, I think there's the, the fight with Conor McGregor and uh, 
Uh, Floyd Mayweather is coming up. I'm just going to go ahead and predict that Mayweather wins by knockout. That's what I'm predicting here on knockout. WK. Yeah, but that's the only way he could win. I don't know enough about fighting, but you're not being an undefeated boxer if you just picked up boxing. Okay. I'll give my opinion on the fight. I think Mayweather is going to win, but I don't think there's any chance he knocks out Conor McGregor. Because there there are oh, multiple no, I, ways. Oh, I'm so I meant to pick McGregor. I'm sorry. I would oh, totally you think misspoke. McGregor's gonna win. No, I want to. I'm gonna say McGregor wins by knockout. I'm really sorry. I totally misspoke. I just okay. The, the, the M's man. I'm picking McGregor. I really want McGregor to win because like that would just totally just a boxing world. Like boxing wouldn't even be considered fighting anymore. They'd be like an MMA fighter just comes and beats your undefeated boxer after picking it up for a couple of months. That would just be total mayhem, and I would absolutely love it. Well, John. That about wraps it up for us here. I really enjoyed this. Appreciate you. Appreciate uh, the listeners out there. The donors appreciate you for your continued support. Oh, the trivia question. Oh, yeah. It's been nagging at me this whole time. What, what, what's the answer? When, what year did Jim Volvano start coaching at NC State? Well, the first response we got on Twitter was from Bob Hinton, and he correctly guessed 1980, which was uh, the year that Jim Volvano became our head coach. It's also the same year, fun fact, that uh, Coach Mike Krzyzewski became the head coach at Duke. So a lot of times when you think about the NCAA uh, messing up our program, <laughs> you think about what could have been. Because we in could my have been opinion, Duke. Valvano is just as good of a coach. Maybe not as good, but very close to Mike Krzyzewski. I would, if I was a player, which I'm not, I would much rather play for Valvano. And as a fan, I would much oh, I like... Personally, as a player... I think Valvano treats his players with much more respect or treated his players with much more respect than Coach K. But you can't go wrong talking about Jimmy V on NC State's campus. No, no. Even if it's raining outside, you know it's a lot better in some other places. Like that that's just that makes you feel all good inside thinking about Jimmy V and all the quotes they have. They have a statue over by um Reynolds Coliseum. It's it's just great. Jimmy V and K Yao are two coaches that we have had in our basketball programs that not very many other programs have had that influential of both a men's and a women's basketball. Yeah, place. not just good coaches, just great people, too. It's just, yeah, it's the, amazing. The combination of what great speakers, great people, very powerful and motivational people that they were, also combined with their success on the basketball. That, yeah, court, that was an amazing time. Unbelievable. I, I hate to go into that back in my day, but man, Jimmy V, that was. I was back in my day. That was not in your day. Well, you were not born. You know what I, I you know what I mean, John. Yeah. Like Hey yeah, I was back in our day. Okay. And Sydney Love. How do you know I wasn't born before nineteen ninety something when uh, Jimmy V wasn't? I could be like just like a re- you know what? Never mind. That was Let's a bad go into it. <laughs> All right. This has been Packers Life Sports Show. We've been coming at you live for this entire forty minutes. Benjamin Denton. John Hinton. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate the donors for your continued support. We're going to be right back here next Wednesday live at 5 o'clock. This is 88.1 WKNC HD1 FM Raleigh.